Is this thing working? What do you, is this thing working? Yes, it is. Awesome. Make sure that you share with your friends, like and follow. And please, after you listen, could you please do us a favor and leave a review or rate us? Um, thank you very much. Yep, you bet. We we need we need to hear from you. Yes, we do. And that kind of helps boost us up so that the further up the chain so that more yep. people can see us and they'll listen. Exactly. More so exposure. Just help us out. More exposure. Yep. Perfect. Algorithm. Yeah. We got to keep that algorithm moving. Anyway, but make sure you share with all your friends and stomp that like button. That's what we like to say. <laughs> stomp it. Right. Stomp it a lot. I just had a technical difficulty over here. Did you see it? I didn't even notice. <laughs> wow. Yep. You didn't hear it? My mic hit the table. Yeah. No, I didn't yeah, even. Yeah, it just flipped over. It flipped over. Oh, okay. But we anyway, need to tighten hey, we're rocking and rolling now. We are rocking and rolling. Here we go. We sound like that. We don't have uh, our stuff together, but we do. I promise. Organized chaos. Organized. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> well, here we go. On our last episode, everyone knows it was a bit controversial. It was about the USPS. If you missed it, you are in luck. It's free, so you can go back and listen whenever it is convenient for you. Also, we have an update on the post office in Jasper. Yeah, if you remember back, what, about a month ago, I guess it was, a news story broke that the uh, custodian and the the postmaster over there had gotten into a big... <laughs> Heated discussion yes. and physical violent threats were made back and forth. And, I mean, it got to the point, remember, where they even got the yes, postal inspectors involved and they got the, the police chart, you know, the the custodian went and filed police charges against him. And and he interviewed, a, you know, on videotape, you know, for that news story. Yeah. And um, I guess I should have done my homework. I would have the source of that newspaper. It was... Um, Anyway, I'll make sure I post that link to that article on our show here in just a little bit. Okay. Yeah. But anyway, as you know, all of that came about, and so we hadn't heard any more, you know, about that story. What it had has ever kind of quiet? Yeah. What had ever transpired from it? Anything, you know? And so, but then today, I I heard from a source, a, a pretty reliable source, that if you walk in that post office today. Them, them two are, you'd think they were the best friends ever, that everything's peachy keen. So I guess, you know, that basically means it got pushed under the rug, swept under the rug, or I don't know. Well, maybe they were both told to be nice. Could have been. Um, either that or the custodian who was actually having the problem with the postmaster, he might have filed something and they have to be nice. Yeah. You know, I think that's what actually happen but who knows i mean the what p-o-o-m um is has retired since then so is he part of the problem also all speculation i guess this is something we need to even delve into farther now yes now that we brought that up so, but that is the update so far so that that's the really update. doesn't happen there no that we know of no but there's always going something going on at the post office so we'll be bringing it up again and again and again right Right. But what we're going to do next is we are going to dive right into another controversial show. So far, we have stayed away from anything to do with January 6th. 
because we knew that it would take time to put together, and I wanted to do January 6th justice. This moment in history is too important to just breeze through and not give it a little all the attention it deserves. Yeah. You know, so James and I will be letting you in on a several key points that the mainstream media is keeping from you while using the same tired narrative showing the one same clip even after Speaker Johnson released enough video of January 6, 2021 to totally debunk their narrative. They still doubled down. Yeah. More and more. On, more and more. On the same narrative all the time. For example, on X today, one of the rhino, yes, Republican and name only January 6th committee members, um, Liz Cheney, who just happened to lose her seat in the House. Got destroyed got in destroyed the election. destroyed in Wyoming. <laughs> they didn't want her there. Yeah. <laughs> she still thinks she's important. But she posted this. On X today. Just this, I mean, it's like she does it every day, just this one tweet. Yeah. She said, on January 6th, Trump thought it would help him to let police officers be violently attacked. So he did. He sat in the White House dining room and watched the attack on television, refusing for hours to tell the mob to leave the Capitol. That's a depravity. And then she puts a clip of undercover FBI spraying police officers while blaming it on the people protesting an unfair and unlawful election. That's what these people do, though. Right. They continue to say the same things over and over, like conditioning you to believe them over what people have seen with their own eyes. Yep. Hey, and do you remember back... Back, what, a, a year or two before that, I, well, I guess the year before, you remember Tucker even had a show on Fox Nation, and there was a lot of the video that he showed that you haven't seen a whole lot of since then either. No. No, I mean, if you go back and you look, um, that really brought everyone's attention to, hey, there's yeah. another side of the story. Yeah. You know, so... Um, Thanks for bringing that up. I've always wondered that because, yeah. you know, and I mean, I remember in his, he had a lot of Ray Epps video mm -hmm. that you don't see anymore. Right. And he had a lot of video of the police provoking the attack by hurling concussion grenades into the crowd. Yes. And we've seen videos of that. Of that. Yes. And recently when Speaker Johnson uh, released... These videos, the first batch he released, uh -huh. had a lot of that was, in it right there. Right, and and wasn't one of those concussion grenades, wasn't one of those videos in, in that Fox Nation special that I'm talking about yes. that, Tuck's, that Tucker yes. had done? Yes. Right, I thought so. Yes, it was the same video, mm -hmm. and it's really weird that it got, like when it was on Tucker, no one else had that video. Memory hold. Yeah, it got memory hold. Because I remember we seen all that. Mm -hmm. And then we, we went back and we reviewed these um, videos that came out. Right. You know, and we've seen the exact same one right there in front of us. And mm -hmm. I'm like, well, that one's already been released. But anyway, the thing is, it is working in Democrat areas of the country. This narrative, um, especially in Washington, D.C. But, you know... There have been over 1,200 January 6th defendants arrested so far. Yeah. Did you know that? That's crazy. Yeah. 
And there have been, they have been charged with felonies for misdemeanor charges. Every federal judge has denied a change of venue motion, citing those that proceed in D.C. could get a fair trial in the nation's capital. Wow. And, and you know, the thing is with that, too, I'll be the first to stand here and say that, that those that were there that did get rowdy, that did get violent, that did cause property damage, you know, I have no trouble with those guys facing their consequences for their actions. Exactly. And and, and having a right to due process and a right to a fair trial mm-hmm. and a right to be represented fairly. You know, I have yes. no trouble with that. It's the ones that walked around and caused no harm at all that all of a sudden five, six o'clock in the morning they're getting their they're getting their house raided, they're getting arrested by the FBI because they're insurrectionists. Yes. Yeah, but no one's been charged with insurrection. Right. But they're insurrectionists. But, well, for a long time, that's exactly what they were called. Yes, you know, and, and what they And they charge a lot of them with trespassing and those kind of things. Like mm-hmm. I said, that, that's the injustice. Uh, the, the big charge um, seems to be the one where they stopped an official proceeding yeah. in Congress. Right. That is the charge that gives them a lot of years. Even though they were escorted in. Even though they were escorted in. Yep. And they did not stop the proceedings. Nothing. They didn't stop any of it. No, we know that. You know, but that's that the reason why I mentioned this is because um after a hundred and thirty January sixth trials, not one have been acquitted by a jury of their so called peers. Hundreds are now serving anywhere from 2 to 22 years, which is why anyone arrested at this time is taking plea deals because the jury pool is tainted by BLM and staffers from Democrats. And and there was this one juror named Ellen, and she felt the need to go public and tell how she wanted to be on the jury. She was so excited from a real clear Uh, investigations article by Julie Kelly. Ellen said she successfully persuaded reluctant jurors to render guilty verdicts against the six defendants, including a 72-year-old who didn't enter the Capitol and an autistic young man. She worked in tandem with the juror who had worked as a lawyer for the Department of Justice. Can you believe that? There was a juror on the January 6th jury... Who that works worked in the de- the Degum Ger- Department of Justice. There's no conflict of interest. No conflict of interest whatsoever. <laughs> None at all. Yeah. Don't believe your eyes. Believe what we even, say. Even Ellen says herself, this juror. Yeah. She says, "How was that allowed?" Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. She told Ellen told the I guess the person she was talking to that he couldn't believe it. So yeah. James, what do you think? Could you get a fair trial in D.C.? Could I? Never. Nobody can. If if you identify if you are a if you identify as a conservative, America loving, God fearing patriot of our country, you will not get a fair trial in DC. No, not at all. Not in DC. And the thing is, this guy right here, he was he was Joseph Biggs. He's one of the Proud Boys. He was found guilty of seditious conspiracy and other charges. He told Real clear investigations in an interview from his jail cell in September. The jury hated us with a passion. They wanted to see us die. 
One of them said he wanted to see us buried under the jail. Despite the individual's state desire to see the defendants dead, he was seated. He was seated on the panel. I mean, they they allowed him to yes. be on the panel. Yes. I did, I just don't get it. But where where does mm-hmm. it show that this is a fair? Man, this jury? is communist tactic. Yes. And this is all. This this looks. Where's the justice for these January six defendants? Exactly. And the thing is, no federal judge would allow moving to another venue, and the jury pool is tainted in D.C. It's all a game to these people. The DOJ are also arresting conservative journalists and all media they disagree with. Yeah. You know? And uh, the reason why I brought up the media is because a particular um, journalist, Owen Schroyer is his name. He works with Alex Jones on InfoWars. I think he has his own show on InfoWars. Yeah. And um, we have a video clip of him, and he's going to tell you exactly what kind of justice you get. Right. And and Owen was at a at a dem- was it a demonstration or a protest that he was using a bullhorn? He was using a bullhorn. He had his own um, permit permit to yeah. be at at a certain spot, and that's where he was at. And he yelled too loud, I guess. Let's check it out. Yeah, here he is on on Timcast IRL. And they're just never going to stop. the The justice system is completely out of control. I don't think people have really, they haven't grasped just how corrupted and out of control it is. And unfortunately, it's going to have to hit them, just like with Trump's lawyers. Oh, we'll present the evidence. And it will. And it It absolutely will. Because I've been saying this for a long time. There there are so many people who think if I just turn my lights off and hide under the covers, the angry mob that's going door to door, smashing everything, will skip over my house. No, it won't. So here's a guy sitting in front of me, Owen, who yelled some things on a bullhorn. And they try, and they literally use that in sentencing documents. The speech you made. Well, tell not, them my dirty speech, Tim. Tell but, them my dirty speech. Well, it was not just what you said on the on, on the on the on the on the grounds. It was what you said later on on your show and before too. And before that had nothing to do with what happened that day. And I believe, correct me if I'm wrong. You guys had a permit for the protest. Yeah, we you actually had a permitted rally. We had a stage that was um, back behind. I think it was on the northeast side of the Capitol. We had a stage set up. We were going to be speaking. I was one of the speakers. There were other big speakers that were going to be a part of that. And, and we were going from the ellipsis from Trump's speech to our speaking stage. That was our route. And when we saw all the chaos at the Capitol, we said, hey, we got to stop this. So we got on horns to try to stop it. That's all on video. We talked to the Capitol police and said, hey, what can we do? We want to work with you to try to stop this. That's all on video as well. The government even acknowledges this in their sentencing memo against me, that I didn't go in and that I did try to stop it, and I did say we were there to be peaceful. But the higher-up said, no, you're still going to make an example out of Schroyer. But, you know, I, th- I think we can, we can get into my personal case, Tim, if we want, but here's, here's the larger picture that, right that needs to be understood, and this goes beyond just the realm of the political world. Yeah. There is no incentive for justice in our justice system whatsoever. The incentive from the U.S. attorneys and the— attorneys is convictions that's their incentive they overcharge you drastically hoping or assuming they're going to get a plea out of you which most of the time they do so they keep their conviction rates high 98 99 100 so they think they can get a better job climb the ladder their incentive is convictions not justice then you have the bench the judge their incentive is imprisonment gotta fill the prisons gotta prove you're gonna put the bad guys away Justice never comes into the frame here. Justice is never even entering into the conversation. And let me tell you, from from somebody who's been there, 
there's there's three tables here. There's the judge's bench, there's the prosecuting attorney, and then there's you. And until you've sat in that corner and you've witnessed this be done to you and you've sat there and watched a judge and a prosecuting attorney sit there and never even consider justice, the feeling of, of loneliness and isolation when you realize there is no justice here. Justice was never the concern. The concern from the attorneys was conviction, and the concern from the judge was imprisonment. You never had a shot. There is no justice in the justice system anymore. Do you believe him? I, every every word of it. I do, too. Yep. He's the one that sat through that. Yep. And And I wanted that part of the clip in there because I wanted you to see the emotional impact it's having on all these people. Yeah. You the, know, the mind game, the, the, mind the, game. the work the it has to do on your psyche. Yes. Yeah. And that's what they're to, doing. To break you down and demoralize you. Yes. Yep. To, you know, make you in, in just. Yep. To make you feel as though you've done something wrong when you, you like haven't. When, when everything that he just described was blatant First Amendment violations. Every one of them. Our government doesn't go by that constitution anymore no. when it comes to dealing with the people. They just don't. No, they don't. They don't. But you know, we we have to have hope. Yes, of some kind. We've got to make this stop. We've got we've got to make this stop. But there are people that are fighting back, and and I have a clip of someone that um, was interviewed. Um, just I believe it was last week. His name is uh, Representative Clay Higgins. He's a former Louisiana police officer. Um, that Laura Logan interviews for her new series, The Rest of the Story. And uh, this is what we need people to do. We need more of this. We need more bravery and people to stand up and say, no, you're not doing this to us. Yep. That was the message of both Tucker mm-hmm. and James O'Keefe at, Ameri- at at AmFest last night. Tucker yes. was the one that said that, you know, at, at what point do you just say, no, you're not going to do that to me today? Yes. And And James said... We have to be brave. We have to speak truth to power. Yes. That's exactly right. We have to speak truth to power. And that is what we are doing here. Yeah. On is this thing working? That's that's we're speaking truth to power. In the meantime, we're gonna listen to Representative Clay Higgins. And what he has to say. What he has to say. Your, your right to gather and uh, and have a conversation doesn't give you a right to assault police officers and disrupt Congress and so on. I, I don't support battery on police officers or nor uh, nor violent disruption of of government operations. But I, I will remind everyone that a free American has a right to resist an unlawful arrest. At the last hearing where you um, addressed That's Christopher Ray, you produced a photograph of what you called ghost buses. Over. These two buses in the middle here, they were the first to arrive at Union Station on January 6th, 0500. I have all this evidence. I'm showing you a tip of this iceberg. Mr. Your Chairman, point Mr. really was that there Mr. were Chairman, unmarked vehicles really full order. of individuals that have not been explained. Is that right? A ghost vehicle in law enforcement is not an uncommon reference. It's, it's a vehicle that's been purposefully concealed to, to whereby it's not easy to identify. So no license plate's been painted over from its original cover. In this case, these wow. two buses were no. totally painted 
white, it, like a, a cheap, fast overspray over all of the markings. So when you have two charter buses show up, the very first buses to show up in Union Station on January 6th. Around 5 a.m. Around 5 a.m. Right. Initial witness, Rick, another charter bus owner, at arrived at, at 5.20. He thought he would be the first to arrive because he knew the schedule of all the other charter buses, and he knew that most of the buses would begin arriving around 6. So but this charter bus operator was a very yep. experienced man, very squared away. When he arrived with his couple of buses, these two white buses were, were, to his surprise, already there. And he immediately noticed that there was, these buses were odd because they were totally painted over. It was a bad paint job. There was no markings, no phone numbers, no company name, totally outside the parameters of the way charter buses are required to operate and by law. So he said, these buses are weird and no one was getting out. So something else that happens within that charter bus driver community is the drivers know each other. And the passengers may stay on a bus if they're, if they're especially in a parking lot, they're not ready to disembark yet. Sure. The passengers might stay on a bus, but the bus drivers get off and they talk to each other. They talk to the other bus drivers. So there are things that happen normally that the absence of that happening was odd. So he was suspicious enough of these buses as a professional that he collected some digital evidence of those buses and then awesome. estimated with him and, and other eyewitnesses between 40 and 50 guys that they described as Trump supporters. They all disembarked from the bus and they gathered in front of, of the two buses and they had like some kind of discussion, a briefing, like the way a military leader would address his troops. Yeah, they call it a huddle. And then they together went to the escalators and up in the Union Station and were gone. And they were all men? They were all men in all the Trump regalia. These were men were in really good shape. They made comments like, wow, that's, that's a real serious Trump supporters, these guys. And, and they said they all had uh, elbow pads and knee pads and um, they, they appeared like they had common equipment, but they were not in uniform. But they, they behaved in a uniform manner. And we intend to get all of that video evidence from Union Station, uh, from the escalators, from the parking lot. We have other eyewitnesses. Much to the chagrin of everybody that was in those buses and everyone who commanded them to be there, We've identified one of those buses. And you know what that means? That means that's their ass. Because a bus is a serial numbered vehicle. And in America, the change of ownership of a serial numbered vehicle is, is documented. There we go. So that means we can begin to trace from the original owner of that bus where it was sold and who bought it. They and know and already. Who was least two and they, they know. They know already. He knows. You can tell by looking at his face on this on this uh, clip here. He knows the smile on his face. Them. Yeah. We know. Yep. And we're gonna tell it. And we're gonna tell it. They better watch them just use it for leverage, and it'll never come out. Well, you know, 
I'm going to be confident in Representative Higgins because he has been like a dog with a bone about these ghost buses. He figures that this is where we're going to get them mm-hmm. because they have hidden their tracks so well and covered up right. so much, you know, and they, you know, because they have the government right now to do all that, you know, but serial numbers don't lie. And there has been a win. Yeah, they already know. Yeah, they do. There has been a win. And I'm just going to point this out. Brandon Straka, most people know who he is. He's from the walkaway campaign. He received a vicar, a victory, which is very real. I'm very, I'm very glad um, that he did. He won the January 6th civil case against him. What? This is his words exactly. I have won the January 6th civil case against me by the corrupt, lying, leftist, Soros-funded D.C. nonprofit law firm Lawyers Committee for Civil Rights Under Law. Over two years ago, I was served in a civil suit by eight black and brown Capitol Police officers whom I never met, had no contact, no contact with on January 6th, and whom I was not even within the proximity of. They sued me under the KKK Act alleging that I engaged in a white supremacist attack on black and brown police officers that I caused their injuries, which included being pepper sprayed and becoming exhausted and conspired to encroach on their civil rights. Oh, my goodness. Yep. What Isn't it amazing that the bull. cops claim civil rights but violate yours on the daily? On the daily. Right. And we're very proud for Brandon Straka. He, from the Walk Away yeah, Foundation. Yeah, from the Walk Away Foundation because he has been struggling with this for a long time. And he, he needed a win. So all these people that we talked about, um, Brandon Straka, um, Owen Schroyer, and um, the, who was it that I talked about? What was his name? Biggs. Joseph Biggs. Joseph Biggs. Please help support these any, these individuals in any way possible, even if you just tweet you know, a high or something to let them know that you're thinking about them. They have all been through hell for protesting the election that everyone saw was fraudulent, and they have paid the ultimate price, you know? Yes, they have. So let's all support them in any way that we can. Even a hug would help. So, and last but never least, we are going to talk about the elephant in the room do you know who that is? President Donald J. Trump. Yep. Who actually won the election in 2020, and everyone knows it. <laughs> and I'm going to say it loud <laughs> and proud. And because we know there was a massive fraud in this election, the administration is going after all Trump supporters, pro-life supporters, and school board attendees not happy with what our children are being taught in school. And they will continue to try. And all we can do is stand up and tell them no. Enough is enough. Grassroots, people. If we do this at the grassroots, we can prevent a lot of the stuff happening that's yes. coming down the pike. If we can do this at the grassroots, yes, especially when you're talking about your, your local schools, your communities. Yeah. If it permeates here, it permeates nationwide. It does. And President Trump, bless his heart, he is um, the 
Okay, so I have an article here from uh, Molly Hemingway from The Federalist, and uh, the headline reads, How a Left-Wing Appeals Panel is is Rigging January 6th's Trump's January 6th case through bogus fast-track process. You know, another one of his rights being taken away. Yes. You know, election interference isn't incidental to this prosecution. It's just the entire point. Exactly. You know, so we could go on and tell you everything that's going on. Everyone knows you know, they're trying to fast-track this through the courts because they want him in court before Super Tuesday in March. Yes. But? You know, because that is their plan. They want him in jail before then. Yes. is what they want. Like we've been saying, there is no justice for President Trump or his supporters in America or in Democrats. America there just isn't so we need to uh, stand up and be be brave and talk about these matters every day every single day yep and think about these people that are going through a lot for for our country for our country yep you know they have been through a lot they've been raided you know um, it's lawfare. Lawfare takes a lot of money. There's been, there's basically. So they have ruined these people financially. Yep. There's been basically illegal arrest. Arrest made with not a lot of basis for the arrest. There's been raids on people's houses. There's been all kinds of Fourth Amendment violations. Yeah, remember you know, when, they, back when they um, were they de- vo- debanking people? Mm-hmm. The system has weaponized itself. They have weaponized themselves against us. Yes. And um, so what we need to do is continue what we're doing. Yep. Continue, continue to, speak to get, out. speak out and to get the words. Speak get the word truth out. to power and be brave. Is this thing working? Well, hey, everybody, that's it for today. Thanks for listening. And I hope you've enjoyed the show. Hope you've learned some things about what's going on around us in the nation and in your communities. You know, we couldn't do this without your continued support either. We appreciate all of you showing up, taking the time to listen to us today. So please, like I say, make sure to hit the like button, share our show with all your friends. We'll see you next time on Is This Thing Working? And as always, I'm James, and that's my lovely co-host over there. Denise. And we'll see you next time. We're out.